You're listening to the Australian Hunting Podcast, your number one source for everything hunting, shooting, fishing, and a little bit of politics. Sit back and relax as we interview some of the most experienced outdoorsmen in the industry today. You'll learn valuable tips and tricks that you can use on your next trip into the field to make you a more successful hunter, shooter, and fisherman. Now here's your host of the Australian Hunting Podcast, Jason Selms. Welcome back to the Australian Hunting Podcast. Of course, I'm your host, Jason Selms, and this is episode 18 with Bucking the Odds Outdoors, Uriah Worst. Uh, if you guys don't know who Uriah Worst is, uh, you can actually go on YouTube, and uh, it consists of Lance Benson and Uriah Worst, uh, two friends that started to film their coyote hunting over in the United States. Uh, uh, In Colorado, they do a lot of their hunting and out of state as well. Uh, I actually found these guys probably about a year and a half, maybe probably two years ago when they started filming their uh, coyote hunting videos. And uh, it was absolutely fantastic. And I thought, hey, these electronic callers might work on the Red Fox, the predator we've got over here in Australia. Especially electronic callers. They weren't huge here uh, during that period. Now they're sort of starting to get more known and take off. But uh, I thought, hey, maybe if I get one of these e-callers too and get a decoy, we might be able to call in some red fox over here. So in essence, the principles of how you set up for a coyote is exactly the same as how you set up for a, uh, a fox. So um, they film all the misses. They film all the hits. They've got, uh, you know, the Lance and Uriah have got pretty good personalities and they're pretty humorous sometimes too. So you can definitely check them out. You'll see coyotes running in from three and 400 meters getting shotgunned and long distance shots, short distance shots, you name it, you'll see it. So um, before we get into the interview uh, with Uriah Worst from Bucking the Odds, um, you can go on their website too at buckingtheodds.com. But I also wanted to mention you can jump on our Facebook page. You know, a lot of people on there posting up, you know, photos and uh, talking about politics. Also, too, you can go on our Twitter page, uh, AH Podcast, for our Twitter feeds. Uh, if you'd like to email us, uh, you can certainly do that. I love hearing from people that are interested in, you know, giving me new ideas for uh, people, guests that want to come on the show, new ideas for the format. Uh, I'm always emailed back as quick as I can. Uh, I get hundreds of emails every every time I release a podcast and you know it's absolutely crazy but I endeavor to get back to everybody that emails me so definitely within a week or two I will definitely get back to you so if you've got any ideas I love to hear them so please do send us an email at australianhuntingpodcast at gmail.com but uh, the main one is you can jump on iTunes uh, and subscribe through iTunes to the Australian Hunting Podcast Uh, you can download that to your iPhone your iPad or your iPod Touch listen to it in the car listen to it at the beach listen to it at work you can listen to it anytime and uh, definitely please jump on iTunes and leave a comment and rate five stars the podcast this gives us more exposure and gets the name of the Australian Hunting Podcast out there and I can't after our almost this is our 18th episode I can't believe what this podcast has become and it's absolutely fantastic and I love doing it so uh, I also thought I would do and in memory of I got a request from uh, Uriah my guest on this show episode 18 uh, to do a bit of an in memory of Mr. Raphael Serrano, uh, a friend of Uri's who unfortunately was uh, killed in a hunting accident. So, absolutely, I would oblige uh, Uriah, and I'm doing uh, this podcast in memory of Mr. Raphael Serrano. Uh, I'm not sure of the circumstances surrounding his death. I just got the request from Uriah, and I also thought it was important, guys, to just you know, to hit home about safety. Uh, it's always important you know, to check your firearms before you put them away. 
even if you haven't held them, uh, you come out of the safe, double check them again. You know, last thing you want to do is either kill yourself or kill a family member or a friend. You, you would never be able to live with yourself uh, after doing something like that. Uh, so it's the utmost important, again, to check your firearms. You know, a lot of you, a lot of you listeners have got family, friends, and, you know, I guess you can't afford to, I can't, I guess I'm not, that's not a joke, but you can't afford to wake up dead tomorrow. So uh, it's mostly important to, you know, do the right thing, check your firearms. That way you're never going to have any issues and uh, you're going to stay safe and uh, always come home to your family every single day. Uh, so I guess that's my little uh, soapbox public service PSA announcement. So I guess in saying that, this uh, podcast episode 18, uh, out of respect for uh, Uriah and Rafael Serrano, I'm dedicating this podcast in memory uh, to Mr. Rafael Serrano. So I guess in saying that, let's get into my interview with Bucking the Odds Outdoors, Uriah Worst. Hi, this is Uriah Worst with Bucking the Odds Outdoors. We're going to talk coyote hunting, and you're listening to the Australian Hunting Podcast. All right, Uriah Worst, mate. Thanks for coming on the Australian Hunting Podcast. It's a pleasure to have you on the show, mate. Hey, it's good talking to you, Jason. No worries at all. First off, mate, I must credit you guys with uh, getting me into... Um, actually hunting predators over here in Australia. We have the red fox, and uh, over the last couple of years, um, I've checked out uh, uh, yours and Lance's videos on YouTube, and uh, yeah, I mean, let me just say first off, they're fantastic, man, and in Australia, we never had uh, like fox pros or, um, you know, predator hunting as such. I mean, we hunt foxes over here, but we never had the electronic callers um, or the, all that type of thing. So, um, you know, I guess it, I guess starting that, how did you get into hunting and especially how did you get into hunting predators? Well, I didn't uh, get into hunting predators till a little later in life. Um, I gave it a shot a few times. I wasn't successful. And then... Uh, as time went on, uh, we got into it a little bit more. Kind of what caused, like Lance and I, to get into hunting predators, uh, where we did it all the time, was in Colorado where we live. the The big game to hunt that is uh, you got to put in for a, you got to fill out applications, put in for a, a drawing, and a lot of times it takes several years to get the area you want a big game hunt in. So. And then uh, we did a lot of waterfowl hunting. Uh, There's gaps between those seasons. And we started trying to fill those gaps by learning about predator hunting and calling and how to consistently go out and have fun and be successful with it. And it's just the, you know, the snowball effect. Well, this ain't working while we're doing it wrong. So you start learning more and more about it. And the next thing you know, you're so involved in it that it just kind of, pretty much takes over everything else that's kind of how it happened with us yeah so how long how long have you been hunting have you been hunting since you were a kid or yeah yeah i started hunting when i was about 11 years old uh hunting with my dad uh yep he used to take me squirrel hunting back in uh you know in the eastern part of the u.s uh squirrel hunting's uh, kind of a, a fun way to go out and enjoy time in the woods and and that's kind of how my dad got me involved into getting out in the woods and learning how to hunt and shoot. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I know I've been over to the States a couple of times myself. I've got a few friends over there in uh, Dallas and um, over in uh, Rio Rancho, New Mexico. And you guys have got all the fantastic game over there. That's for sure. You've got, I mean, you got the squirrels. You've got, I mean, obviously coyote hunting. You've got deer. 
you got the coons as well, the raccoons as well, and man, like you got your waterfowl hunting, you got your pigeon hunting or dove hunting over there. Uh, you guys have got it made over there for game, that's for sure. Yeah, Jason, I've I've been all over and lived all over the U.S. and pretty much anywhere I wind up, I find something to go out and get out in the woods and hunt. So, yeah, it's uh, it's definitely a, a privilege to to have all that. Absolutely. All right. So, how I guess how did you meet Lance, your partner in crime, on bucking the odds outdoors? That's kind of a funny story. I was going down the road one day, and he was broke down on the side of the road. His mule died, and he was just kind of standing out there with no ride. So I gave him a lift into town and took him to the cell bar so we could buy him a new a new mule. And we've just kind of been friends ever since. Yeah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's I a joke. He's never forgotten that, has he? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, Lance don't really ride a mule for transportation. But uh, no, uh, Lance and I both wound up in Colorado Springs uh, through military. Uh, the military lands a lot of people in this area, and uh, Lance was a friend of the family, and uh, and I've known him for probably fifteen years now. I guess in in saying that, I mean obviously you became friends. So what was you know, the motivation to start up bucking the odds, uh, you know, and getting the website and then um, which came first? Was the, the filming the videos came first or did, or did you get the, the website up first? And I guess how did you come about uh, the idea of starting bucking the odds outdoors? Uh, yeah, how did you start that? Well, kind of the like a, the chain of events there, how that happened was uh, Lance and I got, we used, like I said, we used to, do a lot of waterfowling, pheasant, upland. We used to hunt about everything. And uh, once we got to where we was hunting coyotes pretty much all the time and quit donating time to hunting other other things, We uh, Lance really got into making the custom coyote calls. You know, and it's just one of those uh, deals where, where when you get passionate about a sport, you're trying to figure out how many different ways you can actually get into it. You, you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. So Lance uh, wanted to kind of advertise his custom calls he was making. So we started a a website. I think it was called uh, Badger Basin, and uh, you know that was basically just a place where people could go buy his calls, and he would advertise on some of the other uh, predator hunting forums and things like that. Well, we hunted coyotes uh, for quite a while. We got you know we got where we was pretty consistent with getting them killed, and then uh, just trying to expand our horizons a little bit, we started carrying a video camera and uh i think the first year we had a camera i don't think we put one uh a coyote on film we were just so into the predator hunting when a coyote would come in you'd just take the camera and hide it so it wouldn't scare the coyote you know so it took us a while <laughs> to get over there's a lot of bumps like that to get over and no, I've, I've seen a few there on the uh youtube there where you know i think lance or it might have been yourself or whoever's on the camera and you're like did you get it did you get it did you get it on camera oh yeah yeah it's always uh very seldom do they ever just give it to you. They come in and stand there nice and pretty and let the cameraman get on them. And, but, uh, so, yeah, the first year was really a, a crash course and tested our patience, and we really wondered if we wanted to film anymore. So we started filming these coyote hunts. We're kind of wondering, you know, what to do with the film. You know, I think we both started out thinking we wanted to film uh, predator hunting DVDs. We were kicking around one time how to get this uh like we wanted a website about predator hunting we came up with the name buck and the odds and I, I can't remember exactly how that came about we made that and uh lance is uh really good with computers and uh he's got a brother-in-law that's really good with computers and they they put together buck and the odds.com 
And then that's how we started initially running traffic to the website was through these videos. Uh, sounds exciting, man. I mean, l- let me just say, <laughs> I was watching one the other day, and it's uh, I think it's the best one I've seen. I think you're you're on the 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 gun and the shotgun, and Lance was on the uh, camera, and uh, I'm pretty sure it was a bit windy, but uh, I watched. Uh, the coyote it ran down the hill and i'm sure lance said it was a flyaway or something like that and uh he came down the hill like at 100 miles an hour down into the ditch up over the ditch and then he's just hightailing it into the caller and i uh, the video cuts to you like you're putting the rifle to the side and then you grab the shotgun and literally i think you just you let one go straight into its side knocked it straight off its feet and then uh, it actually had the caller in its mouth. Can you tell us about that one? That was a good one. Oh yeah, that was uh, that was really a fun a fun day there. Uh, well, I can't say the whole day was fun because we were dealing with some uh, winds were probably blowing sustained twenty five mile an hour. I mean, it was the last thing we ever expected to see that day was a coyote come to the call. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, yeah. We stuck to it and we hunted. Uh, actually called in a double that morning, and uh, they just come out of nowhere. Uh, the one never would give me a, a decent shot. I, I took a shot at him and, and missed. But, but anyway, later on in the day, we started working them hills with a little more cover and stuff, and, and that's when that one come in, and he'd just come in. I mean, he was grabbing some ground, and he ran straight to us, and it was just, that. that's fun when it works out like that, and that's, that's why you have to carry a shotgun. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, that, that's a great video. I remember, I think Lance is going, don't shoot him. He's got the call in his mouth. Uh, <laughs> so, but, yeah. yeah. And those calls aren't cheap either, especially. So, uh, you know, it was great. It was just, just the whole footage. I mean, he was just hightailing it down that hill up the other side. And, I mean, uh, it was just the... If, if if you could get one on camera, that's one of the best ones I think I've seen to date. Uh, and it's always great when they just come in that close, isn't it? It's always it's always good to get them in. And I mean, it's great to take the long shots out, but I guess it's uh, even more fun to see how close you can actually get them into the decoy and the caller. Yeah, yeah, and that's we've had a lot of luck uh, since we've been using a decoy combined with the electronic call. We've had a lot of luck with getting them to come in like that. The thing to remember, and the reason why we say you need to carry a shotgun, is like the coyote we're talking about now. I wish I could remember what video number that was so I could tell you, because all you got to do is type in Buck and the Odds in YouTube, more videos will come up. I just can't remember the number of that one. The coyote comes in like that, oftentimes he's not going to stop. He's going to run all the way until something spooks him, and he's going to run all the way back out. So to try to pick him up in a rifle scope and actually get a shot off, it's a really tough gig, so. Yeah, no, absolutely, very tough indeed. I just, yeah, that's one of my. I just wanted to know that was, yeah, it was one of my favorites. Just watching that, I was like, man, and he, yeah, I think you hit him really good in the side and just knocked him to the side off all four, off all four legs with that shotgun. So I guess you were speaking about um, you guys are sponsored uh, for products like you know the Mojo Outdoors, and you got the uh, uh, what's the uh, what's the Mojo? I've got it myself. Is the uh, what's it called again? I've got the mojo critter critter that's it yeah absolutely i've got the mojo critter we use it over here for for fox hunting so i guess my question was what's the goal of the videos i mean are you guys looking at getting into making a predator hunting dvd or i guess what's the future goal of of bucking the odds i think our our goal 
right now, the original intent of the videos was to run traffic to the website. And there's a lot of predator hunters from all over the world that go there and hang out and talk about hunting. And there's a little bit of everything on there, but predator hunting is the main focus. Our new goal as of current is we're trying to put together educational, uh, like an educational series, so like a how-to coyote hunt or coyote hunting how-to stuff. And it's basically going to be like a video-based type seminar. You know, uh, people watch the videos and stuff, and and it's hard to put all that education into one video of why you sit where you do, why you make the calls you make, you know, and it's really hard to describe all that when you're out on the hunt. And and frankly, if you get too much into that, you're going to bore some people. Some people want to see. So we try to combine a little bit of, like, you know, the key things to that hunt, like, some people don't think you can call predators at noon. If it's about noon and we kill a coyote, we'll try to make note of the time on the video because it's a quick little tidbit. So we're going to try to uh, combine a lot of the stuff that that we know or, or what we think we know about coyote hunting and, uh, and try to package it up into like a uh, an educational type uh, video series, I guess I should say. So in saying that, I guess is that... Uh, is it a full-time job for you at the moment, or is it just a side project? Or yeah, at the moment it's just more of a it's kind of a weekend uh, type thing. And honestly, this year it's been even uh, less than that. Uh, we both got full-time jobs, and 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 it's hard to get out and and get the time in. But we do what we can to get it done. Uh, and as of now, that's yeah, it's just a kind of a part-time thing. We're still having fun with it doing it on the weekends absolutely mate you're definitely definitely professional that's for sure so is it just you and lance at, at, on, on bucking the odds outdoors or is there other people involved too that help you guys out or oh yeah yeah we got a bunch of great guys on there uh and we've upped the number uh this year and what we have is these uh, moderators on our website and what they do is they help they monitor and make sure the site stays clean. It's a G-rated website because we want kids to be able to come there and talk about hunting. And uh, we've actually had some kids that have hung on the, hung out on the website, younger ages that had never called in a coyote, and now they're a little bit older and they're killing them every weekend. So we take a lot of pride in the fact that that website, uh, any parent can let their kid go there and talk about hunting and learn from the the guys hanging out on there you know, that have a little more experience can, can kind of pass that on. Yeah, absolutely. No, for sure. Um, so I guess who, who I guess, yeah, I think from before you said, who does the uh, editing on the videos for YouTube? Is it Lance? Well, I don't know if you've noticed that uh, one might think that I miss more than Lance. And, uh, <laughs> you know, that just pretty much tells you who the editor is, is Lance. So, <laughs> yeah, right. he, he always gets your ones on camera, doesn't he? But never his own. Oh yeah, yeah. I made him run one. I just he he couldn't not do it. It was so funny the way it all went down. I mean, he just had to run that one, and it was it was a it was a shotgun miss at twenty yards. And as a matter of fact, our friends over at Mojo Outdoors actually ran that on their television show too. So so he got the doozy on that one. But but yeah, Lance is uh he's the editor and uh. This season, I've actually been helping out a little bit with it, uh, not, with the, not with the computer part of editing, but just more of the 
kind of ideals and how to set up the video and and I do a little talking on there and uh, some voiceovers and stuff and, and it's a hoot. It's a lot of fun. Uh, exactly. So I mean, I know you obviously you like predator hunting and you were just talking about other hunting before. What's your if you had to pick one? I mean, obviously your your main uh, area there is is predator hunting. But what's what's your favorite game, man? Are you more of a predator hunter? You're more of a big game deer hunter, or do you do you love the upland game wing shooting? What's your what's your favorite type of hunting, man? My favorite type of hunting uh, is is going to be coyote calling. That is, you know, I've chased uh, turkeys uh, in Missouri, and those are the same kind of stuff where you call them and they come to you. Uh, just with all the different, I've hunted all kinds of different species. I pretty much, if I have this weekend to hunt, I'm usually going to go coyote hunting. So you're right, you hunt uh, coyotes predominantly. So I guess tell the listeners, I mean, here in Australia, we don't actually have coyotes. We've got, uh, you know, something similar to, like, to a wild dog. But what is it um, about coyotes that makes it sort of a fun hunting quarry? Just, just just tell us in general about the coyote. What type of creature is it? What, what are its habits? What, is it, what does it do? And, 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 and how, how does it make it so exciting to be able to hunt uh, coyotes? Well, that's one thing about the coyote is he's, and I truly believe that if a guy can learn how to consistently go to different areas, even different areas within your state, different ranches, and learn how to consistently kill coyotes on that place, I think it makes you a better hunter all around because there's so many different angles and aspects. Uh, you can actually learn how to pattern some coyotes. Uh, any given ranch, if you keep an eye on it, you'll start learning what's happening on this ranch and... There are some pastures that's probably better to hunt at noon because right at daylight, they're out there feeding cows. And we've actually had that experience before where we watched a guy drive through a field feeding cattle. He was gone 20 minutes later. There were three coyotes appeared out of nowhere. You kind of learn how to kind of keep your noise down. There's there's just so many little things that you do not to disturb the area you're going to hunt in. Some of the some of my favorite times are, are when you set up and you look out across and you think if there's a coyote out there, you could see him. And you start blowing a call, and you look down, and there's one right there. That tells you that coyote was laying somewhere close by, and you happen to sneak in and never spooked him, and got set up and started calling. And uh, and he took it, hook, line, and sinker, and he's coming, you know. And uh, and they're beautiful animals. I mean, I like the way they look. Uh, they're very intriguing to me. Uh, they're a, a very efficient predator, scavenger. I mean, they're they are survivors. No, they, yeah, they're definitely, I mean, definitely they look like a great quarry to hunt. Uh, just, I look at a fair few people's uh, YouTube videos on hunting coyotes, and they're definitely, definitely a predator and look like a great welcomed hunt, that's for sure. So I guess, uh, what is it about hunting just in general that gets uh, Uriah Worst and Lance Benson excited to get out there and hunt? Well, a lot of it's just about being outside. I mean, we, like I said before, we both work uh, full-time jobs, and then, uh, we work in town. We gotta. We're kind of stuck into town because that's where we make our living. So when it's time to go hunt, it's quiet. There's no traffic. It's just. It's about being outside. You know, that's kind of watching the sun come up, and you know, it's, a, it's a day when you're out doing what you want to be doing, and, and it's just. Uh, you know. That's right. It's fun get, get getting out there with friends and and family and going out and just enjoying the outdoors. I think, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And I got a 12 year old boy. He's uh starting to get into the coyote hunting quite a bit. He's been with me on uh, a lot of big game adventures, and uh, he's watched me shoot a lot of animals, and he's getting pretty excited about it. And 
we got him a rifle sponsor, and he's going to start hunting with Lance and I a lot more next uh, next winter. He's not going to learn his dad's techniques of missing coyotes, is he? Or <laughs> Oh, yeah. If he's lucky, he won't. But <laughs> My friend Jeff Nimick one time saw Wyatt was hunting with us. He said, oh, you guys finally brought somebody that could shoot. It was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. So I guess uh, what's the – you're in the sort of uh, – the, the Colorado, I guess uh, – Denver uh, area, if I'm correct, but what's the uh, season over there for the coyotes? Is it a, a no limit, or is it an open season, or when's your season over there for the coyotes? Uh, in Colorado, you can hunt coyotes year-round, and yeah, there's no uh, there's not a limit on them or anything like that, so we typically don't hunt coyotes past, uh, you know, late February. Yep, so what, you normally do them, do you normally hunt them during the... Uh, uh, so obviously, what's that? That'd be the the winter over there now, because it's it's uh, end of summer over here now at the end of next month. So you guys hunt them over the colder period. That's right. Yeah, we usually start in October, is fall, and uh, we'll hunt them up through, you know, February. Uh, and then see, they start breeding in, in March, April. They'll be skinning, uh, raising pups, and and things like that. And quite honestly, I just I don't have any desire to go out and shoot you know, wet females and killing the whole litter and, and all that kind of stuff. So so we usually kind of back off and leave them alone. Unless a, a rancher is having a, a problem with a certain bunch of coyotes or something like that, then we might make an exception and we'll go hunt them. Uh, other than that, uh, as long as we kill enough in the winter and, and the, our landowners that we hunt on and stuff's happy and, and there's no issues, we just kind of back off of them and, and let them den and, and do their thing. So it's kind of interesting, you're right, how um, we've got the red fox over here in Australia and um, our breeding season is throughout your summer, which is our winter, which is, you know, the June, July, August is uh, winter over here in Australia. And uh, it's kind of interesting, I guess, how uh, the coyotes uh, breed actually during your summertime because our foxes lay up through the winter, they breed, and then after Christmas here in Australia, like the, the January through probably you know early May is some of our best times of the year to hunt foxes. So it's interesting actually how coyotes actually um, bunk, bunk down to uh, breed during the summer over there. Yeah, yeah, they actually uh, they breed in the spring, uh, and that's... Pretty typical with animals all across the U.S. Uh, not to breed in the spring, but to uh, but to have young in the spring. Uh, so the coyotes will breed, and you know they've only got an eight-week uh, gestation. So they're, you know, May or something. Their pups are being born, which is early summer, and they'll raise them through the summer, and then they're kind of getting kicked out on their own toward fall. And you know by winter time, they're all out on their own. Exactly. So, I mean, in, in talking about the coyote, I mean, how good of a predator actually is it and what skills, I mean, have you guys learnt, you know, uh, and what sort of skills does it take to, to call a predator in? Is it easy or is it is it really hard to, you know, fool that coyote into coming into the call thinking it's a distressed rabbit? Well, there's a lot of variables. Uh, you know, sometimes we even have a little dry spell where, I mean, we just can't buy a coyote. Uh I don't think it's easy necessarily. Uh, I think it can be overanalyzed a little bit, but I think my main advice that I would give anybody that just wanted to get started into predator hunting would be: you just gotta you gotta stay in the woods and keep trying. Uh, once you get that first cow to come in, whether you hit him, miss him, 
or don't even get the shot, you're going to learn something, and you're going to be out there doing it again. And that's when you start kind of picking up on a lot of the uh, the little tips and tricks that work. There's no big secret to predator hunting. It's all the little things you do right, I think, that, uh, and Lance tells a lot of people that also. That's what uh, makes you successful when you go predator hunting. Absolutely. And what sort, of, what sort of land are you guys hunting? Are you guys hunting private land, um, the BLM land, or open country, closed country? What type of, what type of land are you hunting on? And, what, and what's the, what's the uh, uh, as I said, is it, is it open land or is it really closed up bushy land? Cause from a lot of your videos, it seems like you can see from hills to hills over there. It's really, really open, beautiful country over there. Yeah, it is. A lot of the places we video are actually pretty wide open spaces. Uh, it'll be just, you know, some places there's not any uh, grass out there, any, you know, over knee high. You know, there might be a few yucca plants or something if you're lucky to hide by. Uh, we started hunting a lot of the open country a lot since we started videoing because you can see the coyote coming in from a little ways out there and it kind of gives everybody some time to get ready for him, you know. Uh, now, out on the eastern plains, it's pretty much open country. Now, there's also these river bottoms, and they're really brushy, and there's a lot of trees, a lot of brush, uh, and some really thick woods in there. And we used to hunt that quite a bit, too, and we had a lot of luck, but it is really just uh, tough to video in. So you kind of go from one extreme to the other. Now, another place, and a lot of the land we hunt, the open ground like that, some's public, some of it's the BLM. Uh, we hunt a lot of private ground. But we also hunt a lot of public ground, and we like to get up in the early season before it gets too cold and all the elk and deer hunters and everything come in, and we'll try to get up actually into the mountains. And then uh, kind of what you got there is you got a combination of forest with big meadows. All right, so you, I know you say uh, you when you go out hunting, uh, you're right. You, uh, you and Lance use the electronic calls. So I guess what what kind of electronic call are you using, and what uh, sounds are best for uh, uh, predator hunting the coyote? Well, the new one we're using is a, uh, this one Mojo come out with. It's an electronic call with a, uh, actually looks like a Mojo uh, critter built in. Yep. That, that seems to be working out really well. Uh, we just used it for the first time. We filmed a show with them, and uh, they brought it out. Uh, and then they actually had a prototype last year, so now they... They should actually be out on the market, available to the consumer here pretty quick, and they are a really good call system because they got the decoy combined with the electronic call. Uh, my personal favorite is I like to use a lot of uh, rodent distress calls or rabbit distress calls, uh, and Lance and I's personal favorite way to hunt is turn the e-call on, on a real low volume and then... Uh, and we use a lot of hand calls just to get the coyote on the hook and get him coming in. And with the hand calls, we usually blow rabbit distress calls for the most part. Yeah, yeah, and I notice a lot of them uh, work really well. But some of the videos I've seen uh, that you guys make too, because the land's so open, I keep thinking, you know, where did that coyote come from? I mean, you know, it's really open land. You wonder where they, you know, do they bunker down in the brush or in the in the creek beds where you know out of the out of the sun because i can imagine probably you know colorado even in the cooler periods but even in summer i can imagine it probably d does get quite warm over there and i just think i wonder where those coyotes hang out because sometimes they just seem to appear from nowhere sometimes oh man jason i can tell you some stories about that i mean you honestly think sometimes uh 
when you look out across the ground you're about to hunt, you would think, if there's a coyote here, I should be able to see him. You know what I mean? I mean, it's just, you'll just start calling. Sometimes they just materialize just right in front of you, you know, and it's like, where did he come from? And I think a lot of times what it is is you're looking off in the distance and there might be one better down close and uh, and they'll come up and check you out. Yeah, I know. I mean, I, yes, it's, it's, it's amazing, that's for sure. And then another kind of a tip I've told people for is a lot of times uh, when a coyote's coming to the call, he may take some high ground because he wants to get a look at you. You know, he's coming into something. He wants to see what it is. But the route he takes to get from point A to point B or just where he normally travels, if you look at across the landscape and just figure if it started raining right now, where would the water start pooling up? A lot of times that's where the uh, coyotes will travel, the low ground. Any little low creases, little uh, low areas and things like that. Uh, and they kind of travel those. It kind of keeps them down out of sight. Yeah, and I can imagine too the color, the color of the coyote too. They can blend in with, you know, it depends on the color of the coat, the sandy areas, or the, you know, especially out in that sort of Colorado, New Mexico, Arizona type stuff. They probably just fit right in out there. Oh yeah, yeah. When they hit certain angles, I mean, they're nearly invisible. The good ones, if the sun's coming up or going down, and you'll be calling, you just look out and you'll see that white chest on them. And then sometimes that's just a big flag out there, you know. And those are really see when they when it works out that way but yeah other times they're just uh they blend in really well you know especially you know the the coyote sides and everything is about the same color as all the grass and everything else so they got a way of uh slipping around without anybody seeing them that's for sure exactly um i've got one of my listeners who actually um put me on to bucking the odds on uh youtube and uh, it's, it's david and david says he's got a question uh for you he says the kai pup distress uh yeah the, he's seen because he actually just uh, my, my, a friend is david of mine he actually just went over to the u.s a few months back and he actually uh did a paid uh, coyote hunt with a few guys over there and i think they got seven or eight coyotes but he says what is it with the kai pup distress because sometimes he he saw them come into the kai pup distress and the coyotes are just going crazy it's like it's really you know, what's the word, I guess, Ameri- uh, the you would understand sort of that, like it, it rolls them up, but they're, it's almost like they're on edge, you know, because they hear this coyote pup, almost like the, the coyotes are going crazy, so to speak. Um, what is it with that sound, that, that pup distress, that coyote pup distress that makes the coyotes sort of just freak out? I think it's uh, just something ingrained in their instinct. You know, I don't really know the cause that makes them run to that sound like it does. Uh, it's the same with the canine puppies. Uh if you play that sound like if you got that on an e-call, sometimes that'll just bring a coyote right in. And and I think that happens a lot in the early season, which here would be a fall. And I think it's like a maternal, paternal instinct thing or a pup that's, you know, that's just a familiar sound and they're drawn to it. Now, the, the coyote distress calls, the coyote, as you're saying, I don't know if they're trying to figure out what happened to one of their partners. I mean, but sometimes if you shoot at a coyote and he takes off running, and you blow a coyote, they'll just stop right in his tracks and turn around and look and give you a shot. Doesn't always happen. Sometimes it does. Sometimes if you shoot one coyote and you do a coyote and then keep calling or just do some coyotes, another one will come on in. I think they hear the noise. They don't associate it to to them or anything else around, and they're just trying to figure out what happened to their to their hunting buddy. Yeah. Do you find the um, depending on the, the, the pup distress or the coyote, do you get more females coming in or it doesn't matter, the males will come in just the same? So, yeah, playing the, uh, you know, the the canine distress and all that kind of stuff, we've killed uh, 
a lot of big males and, and a lot of big females, you know, the adults, and we've killed the yearlings, and, you know, there's just something about that sound, uh, especially certain times of year, it seems to be more effective, uh, you know, in the early fall, and that's when all the pups are just getting kicked out of the den, and they're out roaming around trying to find territory, and then, you know, it's just a really good sound to use that time of year. Yeah, is the kai and the pup distress, or the kai, is it, is it, is it a how, is it, is it the same thing, is kai and the pup distress, is it the same thing, or is it two different things? Well, when I say pup distress, I mean more of a puppy whines. You ever heard like a, you know, like a box of puppies? Just that whimpering and whining of puppies. Uh, I guess is is more of what I was talking about the the pup distress uh, or puppy whines. And the kai is actually just where it just sounds like somebody ran over a dog's foot and he takes off yelping. I mean, that's all it is is just yelps. And uh, and this is a really effective call. Kind of interesting, eh? Because I was we were wondering. I guess the reason David sort of had that question was because uh, yeah, we've we've got a lot of wild dogs over here in Australia. I mean, we've obviously got the dingo, but you can't actually hunt them. But there's a lot of uh, uh, half breeds and dogs that have gotten out domestically and then bred with other dogs. So we've got a lot of wild dogs, and he, I guess, he just wanted to, he wanted didn't want to know, but he wanted to find out whether it'd be interesting actually to see if the coyote, you know, the pup distress sounds or the the howls and the kai eyes would actually work on wild dogs here. So um, I probably would be interested in trying that out myself, uh, you know, in an area that might hold up wild dogs because I mean. I mean, what what with, with the coyote is it is it basically like a, a dog as well over there? What is it? What where do they come from? What do, do we know? Or I've read different things. Uh, a lot of it was uh, they migrated up from Mexico and uh, and they've just kind of throughout time migrated their way, you know, north and then east and. Um, until recent times, I've actually read that there were none east of the Mississippi River. And uh, I heard that they never really scattered across the Mississippi River to the east until they did start being hunted a lot. And that's kind of what pushed them across there. And then now they're all the way up into, you know, the far reaches, all, all the way up into, you know, the very far north um very far northeast, and then they're up into Canada now. And you guys are in the best part of the country for them, aren't you? I mean, some of the guys that love the coyote hunting up sort of on the uh, east coast don't have it good like you guys around sort of, you know, Colorado, Texas, uh, Arizona, Nevada. They've got some of the best coyote hunting in uh, the U.S., don't they? Yeah, yeah. The the western part of the U.S. does seem to be the, the better place, you know, as far as uh, having successful hunting. Uh, you know, with predators. Now, there's some guys, the downwind snipers, I uh, hope they don't mind me using their name on here. I'm sure they won't. These guys are filming up in New York, and they, they seem like they have a lot of luck with it. And that's eastern type hunting. Uh, I've done very little calling back in Missouri, but I have called coyotes in there. Uh, Missouri, you know, and that's treed, foresty type areas. And you're trying to pull them coyotes out into an open field and it doesn't always work and i think that's the problem you know the east coast and stuff like that is is there's just so much woods it's hard to you know you don't you can't see them coming forever and they can get downwind real easy and and never even be detected by you and sometimes you think you know an area didn't produce but then you never know they could be just sitting in that little tree line you never know they were there we get that a lot over here in some of the places i hunt for red fox and 
sometimes you have a frustrating day and you think, man, there's nothing around. There's no red foxes. But a couple of times I've been hunting in thick areas and I've just scanned the tree line and all of a sudden you see a little set of ears, you know, uh, sticking out, just having a bit of a look to see what's going on. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They're... Uh... And that makes you wonder how many you call in and you never know about, doesn't it? Absolutely. And I always think that, man, how many did I call in or, you know, uh, and speaking of what you were talking about with shotguns before and having two rifles, most of the time I always hunt with a second person. And um, But I've hunted by myself before and sometimes I just take the shotgun and, you know, a little red fox will just sit out there at about 74, I'm not sure you guys go in, uh, you say, say 60 or 70 yards, and I've only got the shotgun. I'm like, man, I wish I bought the rifle today. And then you know, the next time I'll bring the you know, 223, the uh, rifle, and then uh, they just come charging in, and you'd barely even get to see them in the rifle scope. So most of the time now, I always either travel with the second person or always carry both if you're going to make a stand. So I guess that gets into our next question, Uriah. Let's get into the juicy stuff. What sort of calibers are you guys using for predator hunters? You're using... Um, you know, semi-automatic rifles, bolt-action rifles. What are you guys using? Uh, right now, we're using a semi-automatic, uh, 223 caliber. Uh, we like to use a 55 grain Hornady V match. That is the round that shoots the best of the particular rifle we're shooting. I recommend a 223 to anybody that just asks me. I'm looking for a coyote gun. If you do want to save a fur or something like that, it's it's usually pretty non-destructive to the fur. Uh, they're inexpensive to shoot. So you can actually shoot them a lot and become real proficient with that with your rifle. A lot of practice shooting. It doesn't cost you a fortune. That's my actually my recommendation. Anybody wants to know, like I just want to rifle like coyotes, you know. Yeah, over here in Australia, the uh, I guess I'm not sure if it's caught on over in the U.S. I think it has, but the 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 uh, 204 is the new fan dangled must-have piece of equipment firearm over here at the moment amongst uh, the fox hunters and the the small game predator hunters over here. So you guys have the 204 over there, and has that become popular in the coyote hunting arena? Yeah, yeah, uh, I hear a lot of people using them. Uh, and they also uh, chamber a lot of the AR-15s and stuff with the 204, and, and yeah, that's a pretty popular caliber as well. Is the is the 223 one of the most popular ones over there for the coyote hunting, or are people using, what, the 243 or 22250? Well, a lot of people get their own, uh, you know, personal preference. The 22250, of course, is something's going to shoot a little flatter, a little farther than a 223. Uh, a little more expensive to shoot. Uh, they don't have those chambered, and the, the AR-15s and stuff, which are actually becoming very popular over here uh, in the predator hunting industry, is the AR-15 platform semi-automatic. So a lot of your your bolt gun guys, like the bolt action rifles, going to go with a, a 223 or, or 22250, and they'll you know, reload their own ammo and get, they got some really nice uh, guns that they can really reach out there and get a coyote with them. And then they're also, uh, they're also not real terrible on fur. Uh, now your contest hunter, he's going to use a 243 or 25-06, and that's because those are flat shooting rounds that'll reach out there a long way. When it hits a coyote, he's probably not going to go anywhere. Yeah, true. I guess I've seen a few, there's a people that do the, you know, you guys have the coyote uh, championships and stuff over there and calling them in. So I guess true, if you did want to hit them, you don't really want them going anywhere if you maybe happen not to place a good shot yeah yeah if uh if you're in a contest you care about getting the coyote anchored you know to the ground so so a lot of them guys will beef it up a little bit and and use a 25 caliber or 20 you know or 243 or 25 out six 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, so let's get into the shotguns too, mate. What are you, what are you guys carrying for uh, your shotguns there, and what sort of chokes and loads are you using? Well, we got some really nice shotguns. <laughs> you're you're uh, telling me. By, <laughs> yeah, they're made by Benelli, and, and they are they are primo. Uh, we're using Vinci's and uh, Super Black Eagle twos. Uh, they're semi-automatic shotgun. They'll put them downrange as fast as you can pull the trigger. That's for sure. And we're shooting. Uh, Heavy shot dead coyote choke tubes and uh, and heavy shot ammunition or heavy shot ammunition. We're shooting the dead coyote T shot, you know, and that stuff gets a little pricey. Uh, but we're not goose hunting. We're not blowing off so many rounds that it's that any good size heavy shotgun load will work. Buckshot if it's legal, you know, which you know you got to check the laws in your state too and find out what all you're allowed to shoot too, you know. So. What's a T shot? Is I've heard of it before. Is that the brand, or is it um, the the how many pellet? Like, is, is it bigger than BB? What do you normally use? Like, what's T shot? Can you explain the T shot? Yeah, the T shot's a step up from the BB. It's a pretty good goose load as well, and it's been around for a long time. And I believe that's where it originated was with the goose hunters and stuff. It's a little smaller than your buckshot, a little bigger than your BBs. Because is is that the one you hit when uh, the one that tried to eat your caller? Did you? Is that what you use the T shot? Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure that was. Yeah, because I remember that one. He got he got hit real hard. <laughs> oh yeah, I knocked him, it picked him right off his feet. Didn't Absolutely, it? It was, I, I loved. I watched it just before we did this interview, like last night before I did the interview. I uh, was watching it again. I think, geez, he's right in the side, pow. You know what I mean? Straight off his feet. I'm surprised when he got when he got hit that hard, he actually got a chance to get the. He was still hungry and wanted to get the uh, caller into his mouth, but. You know, because he thought it was a free meal, even after he'd been shot. He was pretty ambitious, that coyote, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, and I think they just land and they hear the noise and they just want to kill something. And, then, you know, that was, uh, that was uh, and that was Lance did a good job on filming that when he got zoomed in just right and everything. And I usually mess the camera work up, you know, but <laughs> Lance is pretty good on that one. <laughs> Hang on, messing the camera work, the shooting? Oh, no, what are you, what are you going to do next? <laughs> Oh, yeah. I usually fub up the camera work a little bit just on purpose because it's kind of like then maybe I get more time behind the trigger, you know. I don't give him the camera. He'll mess it up. Let, let him shoot something, you know. So. Exactly, exactly. Uh, good point, good point. So, mate, let's just say what if you had, say, one or two pieces of equipment uh, that you wouldn't be without on a hunt, so what would they be? If, you, if, you, if you're going to go on a hunt and you pick one or two things that you wouldn't be without, what would it be? Uh, an open read distress call and a rifle. If that, so, if those two things you wouldn't be without, that can get anyone started in predator hunting, correct? That's correct. I shot a lot of coyotes like that. Yeah, and if you had to give, say, one bit of advice to, let's say, we've got a couple of new coyote hunters, even you know, like your son, that are getting into coyote hunting, but they don't know what to do and how to get started. What's say a few little pieces of pieces of advice you'd give to say that would you know make them be able to get out in the field and start predator hunting? Uh, the first piece of advice would be don't get discouraged, and it's hard to not do. I mean, it's a game of patience. But if you're just getting started, uh, like I did when I was younger. I went out, I walked some calls a few times, didn't see nothing, thought, well, this stuff really don't work. You know, if you just stick with it, keep your line wet, keep your line in the water, don't get discouraged because it's, it's going to take a while to, to get a coyote down. But, you know, every now and then somebody will go out and kill something on their first try. But that doesn't always happen. So stick with it. Learn as much as you can about them. 
about the predator you're hunting. Anytime something happens when you're hunting, whether a coyote or a fox or what it may be, learn from everyone that comes in. Figure out, Try to figure out where did he come from, what caused him to shoot out of there before he got in range. Did he see something? Did he see a scope glare? You know, kind of analyze your hunting a little bit and, uh, and make sure you're always out there learning as you're hunting. Along with that, always have fun and, and enjoy being outside, and it'll it'll keep you from getting discouraged. No, absolutely, some great advice for the for, for new people wanting to get out in the field. All right, mate, we'll get on to our second last question. So, tell us a story, mate, about uh, maybe about one of your best filmings or one of your best hunts or uh, something that sticks out in the mind of Uriah Worse as one of the best days you've had, man. Okay, well, we're talking about predator hunting here, so I'm going to tell you one of my favorite predator Perfect. hunting stories. And it's going to be the first coyote I ever... You see, Lance got into the coyote hunt a little bit before I did. He was really he was really getting into this stuff, you know what I mean? And I was still out wanting to shoot ducks all the time because we'd go out and call and nothing come in, you know. But thanks to Lance, I kind of stuck with it for a while and we figured it out. But anyway, the sun was going down. So one evening, Lance and I get out of the truck. We walk out across this uh, real open pasture ground. We went out there and we laid down and we was probably the tallest things out there. I mean, it was just barren. It was prairie dog town area and they just keep all the grass uh, cut down sun was going down you know to the west it made everything below the horizon really dark oh we call i can't remember what it was, what kind of call it was but it was an electronic call we ended up there playing and we're both laying in the prone and again i was just sitting there thinking this predator hunt stuff i mean this call and stuff just don't work well i look over across and i see the right across the bridge of lance's nose off in the background I see this coyote come, he's running right at us. I couldn't believe it. I was like, there is actually a coyote coming to the call. You know what I mean? And this thing has come running in, and I told Lance, do it right. You know, I just started yelling, there's a coyote. Of course, that thing hears me, and it takes off. And, and man, we just, that thing had dust clouds blowing all around it as it took off. And we never did hit it or nothing, but, man, we should, we emptied our guns at that thing. <laughs> and I think one of the reasons why that's my one of my favorite predator hunt stories is when I actually seen that, now I know it worked. I don't think I've missed too many, you know, opportunities to go coyote hunting ever since that happened. Absolutely. I think I've done that a few times myself, uh, mate. Uh, you know, the, the fox is coming in and we're like, yeah, there it is, straight ahead, straight ahead. And then, you know, it, <laughs> you, know you, you start pointing and you start moving your hands and, Ah, uh, mate, it's all fun though, isn't it? It's all fun to get out with friends, and I mean that's what it's all about. I mean that's why they call it hunting. If you, if you shot every fox or every coyote you called in, well then it wouldn't be hunting, would it? No, that's definitely why they call it hunting, not shopping. <laughs> that's right. You know, so, uh, it ain't like going to the grocery store. So absolutely, mate. All right. Um, uh, I guess if people wanted to, you know, contact you or Lance or go on the website or send you an email or get more information, uh, what, where can they go to and who can they talk to? Probably the best way to get a hold of us is, uh, go to the website, which is www.buckingtheodds. That's B-U-C-K-I-N-G-O-D-D-S.com. You can go there, register, become a member and, uh, there's contact us and everything on there. We're also on Facebook. On uh, we got the Bucking Guys official fan page, and uh, you can send us messages on there. And I also want to mention uh, on our website, all of our videos are. We have a videos page there, and all of our videos are free, and they're all right there on the website. All right, Uriah, man, thanks for coming on the show, man. People can go on the uh, website as as uh, Uriah said, bucking buckingtheodds dot com. Check out their Facebook page, and uh, yeah, as I said before to Uriah at the start, if you if any of the listeners or I mean anyone that's predator hunting in Australia, if you haven't checked out 
um, the Bucking the Odds uh, 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 YouTube page. Um, I'll put that all in the show notes below as well. And uh, you definitely, if you love predator hunting, you love calling in foxes, which you can use the same thing over here. But you know, it's basically the same thing. A lot of the principles are, are the same. So if you love it, check them out. You'll certainly spend like I did when I first found Bucking the Odds. Uh, you'll spend hours just you know looking at their videos, and Uriah and Lance have quite the uh, funny personality uh, when they you know narrate their videos as well. So definitely good stuff if you really want to learn how to predator hunt, uh, what you need to use, uh, how it works. Check out their website and also check out their videos. So, mate Uriah, thanks for coming on the show, man. I really appreciate it. I know a lot of people are going to get a lot out of this podcast, and. Um, Good luck to you, and I hope uh, when's your next uh, – when does the season – has the season started now for this year's uh, filming and uh, co- uh, coyote calling? Uh, yeah, it's actually about over now. We'll probably hunt here. Uh, I think we're going to try to kill some bobcats here through the month of February, maybe do a little coyote hunting. Probably toward the end of February we'll be wrapping up the filming, and uh, that's where we're going to get into the educational uh, videos, as I, we talked about earlier. Yeah, so th- th- is there going to be any, any future videos coming up within the next few months? You know what? We got one we're working on right now. It's actually got three kills in it, and it's a really good video, but it, uh, it's a long one. So right now we're just in the editing phase on it and uh, and trying to get it all compressed down to where it's a good, entertaining video. But it's it's going to be about a 20 minute video, uh, maybe a little more. So keep an eye out for that one for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Can't wait to see it, mate. Can't wait to see it. So thanks for coming on the show, mate. Really appreciate it, and uh, hopefully we see some more vids and see you on the website. Right on. Hey, you got time for a quick joke? Absolutely. Shoot shoot away. Hey, do you know where the uh, foxes and coyotes go when they lose their tail? Where? The retail store. (laughs) 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 Hey, thanks for laughing at that corny joke, Jason. Take care and have a good night. You've just been educated, and this is the Australian Hunting Podcast. Thanks for listening. See you next time.